What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the first ever episode of the Goat Show podcast. My name is Caden, but you can call me Goat. And I know what you're thinking. No, this is not about actual goats. If you're looking for a podcast about livestock and other farm activities, you're in the wrong place because we're right here. We're strictly about football. Uh, today, I'm joined by my guy, Ryan, from Greatness Debates on Instagram. Say hello to the people, Ryan. What's up, everybody? Uh, I say people. I'm assuming we'll get multiple listeners for this first episode. Um, we'll set the bar pretty low, but <laughs> hopefully it works out. Um, like I said, this is our first episode, so forgive us if we're a little shaky. But Ryan, why don't you go ahead and uh, introduce yourself a little bit? What's up, everybody? I'm Ryan. I run a sports page called Greatness Debates on Instagram. So look us up if you uh, like this. I'm a lifelong Pittsburgh Steelers fan from Connecticut and uh, just love talking football. Sweet. Uh, like I said, you can just call me Goat. Uh, I don't need you creepers trying to track me down or anything. Uh, 21 years old. I'm from Canada. Uh, and when it comes to my favorite team, I never really had one. Uh, I started out as a big Peyton Manning guy, so I'll still cheer for the Colts and the Broncos over most teams, but from there, I'm really big on just certain players that kind of catch my liking. Um, yeah, so that's a little bit about about us. Uh, today, we pretty much just wanted to cover big things in the NFL this week. So going into the playoffs, uh, and then for the teams that didn't make the playoffs, um, specifically teams looking to replace their head coaches going into 2021. Um yeah, so let's get started with that. Um, mm-hmm. So out of the six current open head coaching positions, Ryan, how would you rank them? Being the Jets, Chargers, Falcons, Texans, and Lions and Jaguars. All right, my personal ranking would be Chargers at one, Jets at two, Jaguars at three, Falcons at four, Texans at five, and Lions at six to end it out. So you want to give any uh, any support for that order? Or? Yeah, yeah. Just just uh, to simplify, Chargers, they have um, Justin Herbert, who, let's be honest, is probably a, a – well, obviously, franchise quarterback, but Boy, he's looking like end this season. Yeah, he he, in my opinion, had the greatest rookie quarterback season of all time, or at least up there. Yeah, second most passing yards, most, most touchdowns. touchdowns, only ten interceptions, which passing as much as he did mm-hmm. is really nice. Um, yeah, you were saying, and um, and obviously he seemed like a really good person, but. Anthony Lynn in his late game situation, situational, whether it be play calling or just handling things, just couldn't, just doesn't cut it. Yeah, for sure. And um, the Chargers have a really uh, talented roster. Their defense got pretty hurt because didn't, didn't Derwin James tear his ACL? Yeah, before the season, right? Yeah, so they're, they're stacked with talent. You have stacked with talent on defense and on offense. You have Keenan Allen, you have Herbert. So, 
that's why I consider them the top because I think come next year, I think they'll be a playoff team. And if you're a head coach going into a team and you have a potential generational talent at quarterback, that just simplifies everything. For the Jets, and you know, on my two spot, it's a bit of question marks in the sense of how should they handle um, the number two pick. Um, you know, Justin Fields is obviously just had an incredible game against Clemson. Yeah, for sure. For historic six touchdowns. But you also have Sam Darnold, who you've drafted, who they've attempted to develop, but then Adam Gase kind of kind of messed that up. Yeah. Well, I mean, pretend, I, I think Darnold's really talented. However, he has so many issues, whether it be like some sort of his mechanics or decision-making, and you could kind of question whether or not you could correct that. So do you do – if you're the Jets, do you draft Justin Fields or Zach Wilson? Do you trade back from that pick? Do you keep Sam Darnold and draft for another position? That's So there's a bit of question marks, but I like a lot of the Jets' young talent. Yeah. I like Mekhi Becton, who they drafted this year, who's been one of the better rookie offensive linemen. I would argue maybe the best. Um. Denzel Mims looks like he could be a really good wide receiver, potentially like a elite wide receiver too in the NFL. And um, there's and the way they ended out the season, beating the Rams, who are a really talented team, and then yeah. beating the Browns. Granted, the Browns didn't have any wide receivers. That was but, a bit of a special situation, but a win's yeah. a win. So. Yeah, and then and the Browns are a really good team themselves. They went eleven and five, but we'll, yeah, we'll talk about the Browns later. But yeah, yeah that's the Jets, the Jets had a pretty impressive win, and I know that obviously their GMs and other guys at the top probably wanted them to get the number one pick to get Trevor Lawrence. But you know, the players and the coaches they're trying to win, and yeah, props to them for getting a couple at the end of the season to not. <laughs> To not be the worst team of all time. To yeah, not go they, were, they were definitely on pace for that. And I thought they might pull off 0-16, but props to yeah. them, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it, no one ever wants to be a part of that if you're on, on that team. So just, just, just kudos to the Jets for winning. I think they have a decent young little nucleus there. And I think if they can, you know, figure out this draft, I think they're in a good spot. So moving to my third... It would be Jacksonville, mm-hmm. obviously the number one pick. Um, you know, number one pick, obviously, that's going to probably be Trevor Lawrence. I don't think that's going to change. Most likely, yeah. I mean, Trevor Lawrence is uh, probably arguably one of the greatest prospects of all time. Just had one of the most storied college careers you could really find. Kind of crazy, never won a Heisman, but situations didn't align for that. Yeah, neither did Peyton Manning, so... Yeah. And Peyton's the GOAT. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, I don't know who the Jaguars would go after. You know, I, um, Urban Meyer's been obviously named or kind of directed towards them, but I don't really know. But Jaguars have a lot of talent. Like James Robinson is really, really good this season. Yeah, he came out of nowhere. Eh? Yeah, they lost Fournette. Fournette talked all that trash about the quarterback quarterback situation and then uh they got undrafted james robinson who's 
better back than him right now. So yeah, it's pretty crazy how things turn out. And they have a bunch of really talented young receivers. And I don't know. I, I just think that's a good location. I think things are a bit um, in place for a coach to go there and make an make an impact. Yeah. Then I have the Falcons. You know, obviously, you know Matt Ryan, who I I think is a future Hall of Famer. I know a lot of people would probably disagree with that, but um, but he's in a situation where he could, or do you trade him and try to you know maybe trade him and Julio and try to go younger? Do you keep the two of them? Do you draft a quarterback and sit him behind Matty Ice? There's a lot of question marks, which is why I would put them lower down my list. However, they have a lot of talent on that team, and I think that with kind of like the um, Chargers, with better situational play calling and decision-making, that they could be back in the playoffs and back in contending. Yeah, I get what you're saying there. Yeah. What did you say? I get what you're saying there. Uh, I feel like for the past, like, three years, I've been thinking, well, there's still – they still have so much of the core from that Super Bowl team. Mm-hmm. That's your that one. They I can't be bad forever, right? And yeah. they just year after year, things just aren't going their way. So it's the same situations. It's uh, Matt Ryan, that offense being potent, the defense having a bunch of injuries in the secondary, Dan Quinn being on the hot seat, and they blow a bunch of leads. It's like the same. It's like the same thing. Yeah. Every year, but. That's why I think it's kind of like the Chargers if they just could put it together situationally because that's what a season can come down to a lot of times, how you do in these one-possession games or how you you know, how you know, play when you have a lead. You know, that, that could be big between you know having a bad record and missing the playoffs or making the playoffs and potentially doing something. Yeah. So I think the pieces are in place for the Falcons to be good, but there's too many question marks at the top with guys like Matty Ice and Julio going forward. We're, we're both incredible, incredible players, but aging, and you don't know how to handle that. So that's why they're a bit lower, despite having a ton of talent. Yeah. Moving one down is Houston. And, uh, you know, they just had a pretty, pretty, you know, really down season, despite the fact that Deshaun Watson had, you know, his, the best season of his career after losing DeAndre Hopkins, who's arguably the top receiver in football. Yeah, he led Watson led the league in yards. He's incredible, and you know I saw. I think you, I don't know if you've seen the video with him and JJ Watt after the last game where JJ Watt said that, you know, I'm sorry that we wasted you know a year of your career. Yeah, which is pretty heartbreaking to see, especially after you know the JJ Watt um speech to the team, you know, in that media where he said, you know, these yeah. fans they're so dedicated, and we go out there and you know for not we need to give our top effort, which I thought was. An incredible thing to see. And he's been, you know, obviously beyond the defensive players of the year. He's, you know, an incredible leader. And, and that's pretty sad to see, you know, him say that to Watson. And I know Deshaun Watson, had, there's trade rumors for him. And, you know, Bill, Bill O'Brien really screwed that team up as a general manager. I never thought he was that bad of a coach, but he, he certainly was a bad general manager. And that team's in a very weird situation right now. Yeah. And the only silver lining of potentially going there as a coach 
would be Deshaun Watson, a, a franchise quarterback who's insanely talented, who I think's do you think he's a top five quarterback currently? Um arguably five to I don't think I'd put him lower than six. I I I put him at six when we did our post together back that was before back the when. season though. That was a long time ago. Yeah. So much has changed. I, I revised my lists not to go too off track and, and they're almost they're so different now. Yeah. But um it's beyond the point. If if Deshaun Watson really wants out and you're going there as a coach, that could be a, a tricky situation. So that's why they're down. And um my last would be the Lions. And um, you know, I, I'm sure everybody, you know, has a lot of sympathy for Matthew Stafford and, and all the things he's dealt with on and off the field and how every single year the Lions are typically field bad teams and he's fighting through injuries. He's fighting through a ton and he's still producing at a really high level. You know, ever since, even after Calvin Johnson retired, he's still been an incredible quarterback and still had to face constant losing seasons. And, um, yeah, just looking at the Lions, it's just going to Detroit. You know, their their bad history. They're they're just last. <laughs> That's yeah. really all I can say. There's not really much about them that's been said that I could say. Yeah, not a lot of bright spots in Detroit right now. Yeah, sadly. I mean, they have some like Kenny Galladay is really good, etc. But yeah, if he if they even have him next year. Yeah, if they even have him, I mean. And their division's tough, too, because I think the Vikings are super, super talented. And I think they're going to have a good, really good bounce back here next year. I know we're going to yeah. touch upon that later. The Packers are obviously very good with Aaron Rodgers. First team in the NFC. The, yeah. the Bears have stout defense, et cetera. So the division's tough. And, and you don't even know what you're going to do with Stafford. Will, will Stafford be on the Washington football team next year? <laughs> who knows? I think that would be a great fit, but who knows? So, yeah, that, that's that's my – Coaching, I know I talked for pretty long, but it's, it's that's all right. It's interesting stuff. <laughs> yeah, I'll just kind of breeze through mine. There are a lot of the same points. Um, so my order: I have the Chargers first, then the Jets, Falcons, Jaguars, Texans, and Lions. The only difference uh, being that I have the Falcons at third, and you have the Jaguars at third. Yeah. Um, the Chargers and Jets is funny because they're they're very appealing for very different reasons. Because the Chargers have so much in place right now. Mm-hmm. You got your franchise quarterback. You have so much talent all over the roster. You just need to flick that switch if that if that makes any sense. Uh, it makes total um, sense. I think they're I think they're very close. Yeah. And then Jets at two. Like compared to the Chargers, the Jets are kind of an open book. Yeah. Uh, where you have so many assets. Very promising. Not a lot of big uh, contracts to deal with. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't looked at their cap space right now, but I'm assuming it's pretty big. Um, and the reason I have the Falcons over the Jets is just because I think the Falcons have, there are a couple question marks with their older guys, but even with that, they have a lot more talent in place than the Jaguars do. Yeah, that's a good um, point, yeah. I think the Falcons, like I said, they could be competitive next year if they get things going in the right direction, while the Jaguars still might need a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, but they'll have Trevor Lawrence. That's, yeah. Yeah. That, that's what makes me, because 
generational quarterbacks. They can change things quickly. Yeah, if they got the right pieces around them, which yeah. hopefully that goes well. Um, yeah, going on to the Texans, I don't think they're, they're a tough one because, like like we said, they have a lot of talent. They have the quarterback. They have some nice receivers. Um, defensively, you got a great leader in J.J. Watt, uh, who even if he's not producing like he was five years ago. Which um, is at an all-time level. Yeah. All-time. Uh, pretty high standard to set for himself. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, they have a lot of pieces in place, but they don't have – they were, what, a four-win team this year? Surprisingly, and yeah. Yeah, four-win team. don't have a lot of assets going into next year. Yeah. Um, and I'm looking at Deshaun Watson's contract right now. If he does want out and they move him this offseason, they'll have $67 million of dead cap. So I don't think it really makes sense yeah. for the Texans to move him. Um, I don't think they will either, but who knows? It's, it's fun to talk It's about. worth mentioning because it would be huge. Yeah. But uh, looking at it, does say there's a potential out in 2024. So hopefully they'll be winning more than four games by then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I hope so. I really like Watson and I hope they can put it together. Yeah. No, he's a really talented guy. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, moving on. Lions last, like I said, just not a lot of bright spots there. Um you yeah, you have to ask ask yourself the question, are you gonna stick with Stafford? Are you gonna look in other directions, uh, give him a chance to go somewhere and compete. Um, defensively, not a, uh, they're just a very average team across the board, honestly. Like, yeah, that's, um, they, yeah, like they drafted Akuda last year. He's looked good at times. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, they don't have a ton of young talent on that defense. That I can think of off the top of my head. Yeah, I can't either. Uh, <laughs> offensively, they're finally getting a running game going. Offensive line still has some room to improve, though. Receivers, you don't know if you have Galladay back. Uh, so that would be a big loss. There's just a lot of question marks. And unlike the Jaguars, who have question marks, but the first overall pick. Yeah. And and talent, too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's just not as nice of a place to be, in my opinion. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think that kind of wraps up that portion. Did you have any more comments on potential coaching jobs, or are we good to go on? No, I don't. I think there's a lot of interesting stuff there, but we got the playoffs coming up, and that's yeah, it's off season. Yeah, stuff. for <laughs> sure. Yeah, playoffs coming up this weekend. I'm psyched for that. Oh yeah, of I'm course. Sure, you are too. Mm-hmm. Um, First, I want to look at teams that snuck in, teams that didn't. Hot topic right now is the NFC East, who had three teams on the brink of winning the division all losing going records. into the final game. Crazy situation where you can either go into the playoffs or finish with a top five pick. Doesn't happen very often. Um, but, yeah, so let's. What, what do you think about the NFC East right now? how they finish this year and uh, looking ahead to next year. Honestly, I, I think there's a lot of promise for that division being super interesting going forward. Um, I'm just going to assume the Cowboys retain Dak. 
I think so at this point. Yeah, I think they pay him, and he was on a tear earlier in the season. And you know they have a ton of weapons: Mari Cooper, Gallup, C.D. Lamb, who I thought going into the draft was the best receiver. I gotta agree with you there. You agree with me there? Yeah. Yeah, I think he's gonna develop, uh, continue to develop. Uh, Tony Pollard's really good. Um, Zeke looks looks like a bad contract right now. That's <laughs> he's super. You know, I I feel like he's regressed every year. Yeah, it's hard to it's hard to maintain your production when you lead the league in rushing as a rookie, yeah. and your line declines with with every Yeah, too. that's another big thing. Is yeah, in those earlier like 2016, 2017, they had probably the best offensive line in football, and then injuries and uh, Fredrickson retired, <laughs> just kind of tore the line apart. So yeah, he hasn't had as good of an opportunity mm-hmm. in 2020. Uh, I think that's why Pollard's look better because he's a little more explosive. Yeah. Uh, and can take advantage of what's there better. Yeah. Um, no, it was weird watch the thing about the Cowboys this year. And obviously their offense is stacked with talent. Oh, yeah, across the board. So is their defense too. See, that was the thing. Is I was historically, or at least at the start of the season, they were – a historically bad defense. Yeah. Were they the worst ever? I think to the first few games, they had allowed like the most, I think, I don't remember the exact numbers or anything, but yeah. Yeah. Um, Granted, teams are also scoring at a much higher rate in this. Yeah. Didn't the uh, NFL post like this week that the league broke the record for most points in a season? I, I I think I, I wouldn't be surprised if that's true, you know, with uh, how high octane passing is and analytics that, you know, tell you to go for it. Like, it's like fourth and one, might as well go for it. Yeah. So that's not sidetrack things, but yeah, uh, carry on. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, think about the Cowboys. I really under it because going into the season, I thought that they were going to be kind of a powerhouse with how talented that offense was if their defense could just keep up and they couldn't really like I really underestimate how bad their defense is going to be and I think a lot of that does go down to the coaching Mm -hmm. McCarthy uh, because they do have some solid personnel there yeah they they really Uh, do obviously something just didn't work out yeah that's the that's the weird thing about the Cowboys it feels like every season going in they look like a contender and then the season comes around and they just underperform immensely yeah every season and it's like you look like how how is this team struggling how is this team not you know winning this division and i think if Dak prescott was healthy all year i think they would have won the nfc east i mean they came back close with, with yeah andy dalton and ben DiNucci starting <laughs> games so yeah and uh uh was it gilbert starting that one game against the uh against yeah. pittsburgh who, who he played well in that really well in that game for the situation yeah and um no, I, I I watched that game. That was really impressive. Yeah, yeah. It's he kind of came out of nowhere and 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 gave the Steelers and they gave the Steelers a really really tough game in uh, Dallas. But uh, carrying on, I think I think Dallas is going to be really good with Dak again. I will just have to see. I have to see to believe to believe it sometimes with them. But they have a they they seem like they have a decent setup if Dak comes back. Um, the WFT. Who we're going to talk about a bit later on, 
who won the division mm-hmm. and, and credit to them because they're just an incredible story with sure. Ron Rivera battling cancer and still coaching them. Um, you know, drafting Chase Young and, and his incredible leadership. Um, a- obviously, Alex Smith, who's going to be comeback player of the year. Yeah, I don't think it's much of a question yeah. at this point. Well, um, we'll we'll do an award. Yeah, show, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it, we'll get into that later. But like, yeah, Alex Smith's incredible story, and yeah, he hasn't been the best on the field necessarily, but he's they're they're uh, we're going to talk about Arians, what he said, but they are a different team yeah. than Alex Smith. Because he's smart, he's smart with the ball, and you know their their defense is really stout. And um, you know obviously they have like Terry McLaurin, who's a stud, Antonio Gibson, and uh, McKissick are really good backs. Yeah. But going forward, I think they're a quarterback away, and maybe some other skill position players away for being like a legit, like really good playoff team. Like I yeah. think. No, with how with how that defense is built, yeah, because up front they're 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 dominant up front, and I arguably the best defensive, at least the best defensive line. They're definitely up there. I think like them, them in Pittsburgh, um, Forty Niners when yeah, Forty Niners when healthy. Uh, They obviously missed Nick Bosa this year, yeah, um, uh, and trading DeForest Buckner too definitely took it from where they were last year, yeah. yeah, but I'd still say they're they're up there. But yeah, like Washington, you got Chase Young, Ryan Kerrigan taking a lesser load this season just because of how many young studs mm-hmm. they have. Sweat, uh, what's it? What's his name? Montez. Uh, Montez, Montez Sweat, I think. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and um, and and they're like obviously really good. The 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 biggest strength of the team is them. And Chase Young is only going to get better. Like, he's going to be an elite edge rusher yeah. and, like, snap of a finger. Like, he might be one already. And I don't, <laughs> I don't really know. I, I would have to look into stats and all that. But he's he's just a wrecking force. I know he was double teamed a lot this season, like, for yeah. a rookie. Like, I remember watching him. I'm an Ohio State fan. I'm watching him at Ohio State, like, literally, like, play Michigan and get, like, triple teamed. <laughs> And I'm just yeah. watching it. I'm like, there's no way teams are going to be able to do that in the NFL with all the talent around them. And like, this guy, this guy's going to be insane. It's like, yeah. And I think if the WFT could find a way to acquire like Matthew Stafford, to acquire Matt Ryan, draft somebody, I think they're going to be really, really, really good team going forward. Um, the I like the Giants. Going forward, sorry to jump around so quickly, but uh, the Giants. Yeah. Uh, I I don't know if you saw that uh, little speech in the media from Joe Judge, the head coach, after uh, what the Eagles did with uh, <laughs> treating that last game of the season like a preseason game. Yeah, I saw some quotes. Yeah, yeah, he he basically said we would never do that. We always play to win, and just seeing some of the videos of him in practice, I I have a lot of confidence in he, him. He seems like he's gonna like a kind of a culture changer. Like, um, yeah, I think that's the biggest thing of being a head coach. Like I, I'm going to sidetrack a little bit here, but like you want a culture changer as a head coach. Like a lot yeah. of times teams look for like play callers, you know, like the, the, the joke, the, uh, Oh, he had a cup of coffee with Sean McVay and now he's a head coach. Yeah. Like Cliff Kingsbury, yeah. like Zach Taylor. And 
I don't know if those guys are necessarily obviously I'm not I'm not in these teams practices, but um I don't know if those guys are necessarily culture changers like like a Brian Flores can be. Look at what he's doing at Miami so far. Look at um yeah. like Joe Judge, I think he's gonna have them in, in a good position. So um I, I like the Giants a bit going forward. They're gonna get Saquon Barkley back. Their defense was really good at points this season. Yeah, they they beat the Seattle Seahawks three seed in the NFC with Colt McCoy. That was yeah. incredible. And I I so, sorry to cut you off, but like I don't know what they're gonna do at quarterback. If they're gonna keep Daniel Jones, if they're going to maybe draft somebody, I don't really know. But I'm not as high on them yeah. as other teams, but I on other some other teams in the division. But I, I think they have a, they're in a good spot going forward with Joe Judge. Yeah, I think the really solid. That defense is uh, the defense is really good. I want to mention um, Dave Gettleman. Really like, the jockey's <laughs> done there because uh, he got a lot of hate last year. Uh, people were knocking him for trading for Leonard Williams. Um, that was the biggest one that I saw. But and then they uh, going into the drafts, there was a picture of him with his draft set up, and he just has a bunch of notebooks around, mm-hmm. and well, other. Coaches have like other coaches and GMs have like three, four computers around them, stuff like that. Uh, so people really underestimated mm-hmm. him. I felt going in like this past off season, but you look at the moves he made and how they're paying yeah. off. Um, <clears throat> yeah, like Leonard Williams, most productive season of his career. They brought in Logan yeah. Ryan, super cheap. He produced for them. Uh, James Bradbury, very underrated offseason yeah. signing. Argue one of the best corners in the yeah, league this incredible. year. Uh, Blake Martinez, just a tackling machine, who looked better in coverage this season than he has. Hasn't that been a weakness of his? I think coverage. Yeah. Um, so going into next year, I personally, I would stick with Daniel Jones for at least one more year. I think fan bases right now are way too quick to move I on agree. from young quarterbacks. Made a post on that, too. Um, yeah. The Josh Allen. Yeah. Uh, like you see, yeah, you see what the Bills did with Josh Allen, just sticking mm-hmm. with him and trusting him like that. Um, obviously, he had to put in work on his own yeah. side, too. But they really set him up for success just by uh, keeping with him mm-hmm. for that long. Um, so, yeah, I'd give Jones at least one more year. I this This season, I'd bring in – I'd bring another playmaker on offense. Maybe they could draft one. Um, yeah. Devonta Smith. Some nice wide receivers yeah. this season. Devonta this Smith, uh, Jamar Chase. They're, they'll be – one of those guys will be there. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I think their offensive line is in place for the future. Um, I think they have some very underrated young guys <laughs> that should be they solid have a good starters. running game. So I wouldn't worry about that. Um, I just, yeah, I definitely build around him, give him another weapon. And then if you still can't get it done, then maybe next off season, I'd go after a new quarterback, mm-hmm. whether that's bringing in a veteran or seeing what the draft holds. Yeah. But yeah. I think the giants do have a very solid all around roster going into 2021. Yeah. Uh, next up would be the Eagles, which is probably the team I'm the lowest on. Yeah, they it's it, it's there's a lot of drama there and 
it is kind of crazy how every single team had a chance to division because they had a chance to the division with Jalen Hurts and um yeah I don't know I mean Doug Peterson is he he's on obviously under fire from a lot of uh, people for what he did in the last game but he's he's been suspect for a little while and it's kind of weird watching him thinking like Doug Peterson was the genius who beat Bill Belichick in the Super Bowl. And now it's yeah. looking at him like, I don't understand how this this dude can't call plays for Carson Wentz. Like, every time, like, if he, it's kind of very clear that he's better for calling. He's better at calling plays for every other quarterback they've had besides Carson <laughs> Wentz, who is their franchise guy where they drafted yeah. number number one, right? He's number two. Number Gary two. Goff was number one. He was number two. Okay. Yeah. I, I get those. I get those confused all the time. But yeah, uh, <laughs> I don't. I mean, they they just have a lot of question marks to me, and like um, like I don't know if you saw it. Like after the game, uh, Zach Ertz, Kelsey center, and like Wentz and Peterson, I think met on the field, and it was kind of like signaling like the end of that era in Philly, and yeah, which is it, it's crazy to see. It, it's basically like we're like a reality check. Like this is how fast the league can change. Like the, yeah. Like three years ago, Carson Wentz was an MVP candidate. Um, one of the hottest young quarterbacks in the league, not talking about his physical. <laughs> Looks like Prince but Harry. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yeah. Like three years ago, they were a Super Bowl team. And then since then they just declined. Like, they made the playoffs last year, right? I know they did with Foles. I think they missed. Did they? They did make it last year. Yes, they did make it last year with um. Uh, I know Wentz got hurt in the first game. Oh yeah, they needed uh, mm-hmm. Josh yes. McCown. Yes, and they were competitive in that game. Yeah. And yeah, like I remember when uh the whole who's better, Wentz or Dak discussions were going on. I would always say Wentz because I'm like, Wentz is throwing to like they had so many injuries at a uh, skill position. Like he's throwing like practice yeah. squad players. No disrespect to those guys because they're obviously really good football players. But like compared to the rest of the NFL, you know. But like, I'm just I was just like surprised watching Wentz like how much he declined. Like he led the league in interceptions and he didn't even play. The last was it four yeah. weeks, three weeks, or four weeks? Uh, I want to say four. Yeah, and um, and Jalen Hurts stepped in and executed the offense at a way higher level than he was. Because I remember. Yeah, I know they definitely changed the offense a bit. They were running a lot of read options because he's a, yeah a lot more athletic and. Um, yeah, he's definitely. He's definitely quicker than Wentz. I think Wentz is – I think they could have used him in some design mm-hmm. runs like that. Um, they just didn't as much for some reason. But, yeah, I think it was a good way to get Hurts kind of going slowly uh, coming into the starting yeah, job. He, I, I remember we, we, we would talk a little bit, and I was really high on him in the draft process. I remember making a post on him and asking if he had a uh, – 
could have like a Lamar Jackson type impact in the sense of like coming in and like, you know how Lamar Jackson changed the Ravens as soon as he became the starter, got, got them to the playoffs. Yeah. And, and it's ironic is that like he sort of did to an extent almost get them the NFC East, but then they kind of, they lost that game at Dallas and that was it. But um, yeah, I don't really know about it. I mean, I, I have a lot of confidence in him. He has a lot of great leadership quality. He's really talented. But I just don't know about the Eagles going forward. I, I, I just said there's a lot of question marks there compared to the other teams. Yeah, for sure. Um, moving on to the NFC East, all that cra- yeah. all those crazy scenarios. Yeah, I know I dragged um, on a little bit, so my apologies. But No, it's fine. Um, let's touch a little bit on what happened with the bottom of the NFC wildcard. Yeah. Um, I believe the Cardinals and Rams are both in a win and you're in situations. I think they were. Going, I, think I don't something like I don't that. The specifics. Uh, I don't remember, but let's just t- t- pretend it was. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it was really unfortunate to see Kyler Murray miss so much of that game uh, in such a big, like probably the biggest game of football NFL. Football. Uh, the biggest game for that team since like 2015 probably yeah yeah when they went to the nfc championship yeah yeah um and they've had their ups and downs this season they should be okay they have so much young yeah kyler's only getting better um yeah so hopefully they'll be back um should be quite the learning experience for them um Rams were able to pull it off, and with their win, they let the Bears sneak in, even though they lost to the Got clobbered. Well, it was it was it actually was close. To be fair, it was close for a lot of the game, and then the Packers kind of just poured on at the end. But um, yeah, not gonna lie, I I would have rather seen the Cardinals make it than the Bears. Sorry if any sorry if any Bears fans yeah. are listening, <laughs> but on the Cardinals are a pretty exciting team with Kyler and D Hop. I would have rather seen that taking on New Orleans than than the Bears, but Yeah. You know. Which for their credit, they have been on quite the roll since bringing Trubisky they were scoring back a ton in the of starting points. lineup. They put up, yeah, I know it's Jaguars, but they put up forty one points and they've been scoring point uh, their running game with David Montgomery got a lot better. Yeah, um, for sure. I know we're going to talk about the playoff game later on, so I, I won't really touch on that right now. But, yeah, I think the Cardinals will be, will, will be back. <laughs> yeah, they're not too far out. Um, and then over in the AFC wild card, we had the Browns scraping by against the Steelers backup. I'm assuming as a Steelers fans, as a Steelers I did, fan, yeah. you watched yeah, that I was, game? Yeah, um, do, do you want me to talk about it? Yeah, um, yeah, go on. The Steelers, you know, they, they rested a lot of guys. They rested um, Big Ben, TJ Watt, Cameron Hayward, and Marquise Pouncey. But then um, Joe Hayden actually caught COVID and was out. And yeah. Eric Ebron was a close contact to him. So he was out as well. Right. And despite that, the Steelers obviously lost by two. And, um, as a Steelers fan, there's a lot of positives from that game. Mason Rudolph had his best game as a pro. He was 
just just throwing it deep, which is he literally had four completions of twenty plus yards, which was the most by Steelers quarterback this season. Yeah, and um wow. which was nice to see after all of the stuff that happened with Miles Garrett last season. It, it was nice to see him come out and play that well. And it's also nice to see the Steelers offense adding in a bit of creativity. Did you watch any of the game or any film on the game? I did. Yeah, well, they have their third string quarterback, Josh Dobbs, has a um, a bit more athletic, you know, a lot more athletic than Mason. So they started using him in some like Taysom Hill type packages or like Jalen Hurts early in the season. And I like that. I like, you know, doing things like that in the offense because they're, the reason, big reason for the Steelers, you know, Steelers struggles in that three-game losing streak. You know, where I put in one of my posts, I said like that's one of the worst, you know, worst stretches of play I've ever seen from a playoff team. Forget eleven and zero stuff. It, that was one of the worst stretches. Like they didn't even score twenty yeah. points for four games, and and one of those games against the Ravens yeah. J- JV squad. One, you know, the, they played they the Bengals. <laughs> they lost the Bengals. And I, I was just yeah. like, I really lost to the Bengals. I, I was sick. <laughs> I was sick. Um, credit to the Bengals for their performance, but like, I, I couldn't believe it. And they had that big second half against the Colts, completely re, you know, it was kind of just reversed what the Colts did to them in the first half. The Steelers did to the Colts. So, um, yeah, I I stopped watching that game. After mm-hmm. I saw the Colts were up so big, um, so yeah, it was funny to see the Steelers come back like that. And um, yeah, the changes they made with the offense didn't they kind of well? Go yeah, off Ben. Script? At least from what I hear from some game? quotes, Ben literally took over the play calling. And and if you're gonna look at <laughs> well, the big big reason for their underperforming, I think you have to look at the offensive coordinator, uh, Randy Fickner, who. I feel like any other Steelers fan would tell you it is it is hurting the team a lot with his play calling and just lack of creativity in his play calling. Of course, it's not all his fault. Ben was struggling to get the ball deep, and he, he looked like I, yeah. he looked like he he's been worn down. And you know, when you have a thirty eight year year old quarterback coming off of major elbow surgery, and you're trying to make him throwing a ball 50 times a game, like, not fit, like 40 times a game, but making him throw that much. Yeah. Did they, did, did they, they lead the league? In obviously this year? completions, but yeah, he led the league in attempts. Now this is two seasons under Fickner where he's led the league in pass yeah. attempts. And the Steelers had the, had the worst run game in football statistically. So it was, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely not what you want to see from your yeah, aging and then quarterback. Somehow sure. in the second half against the Colts, he like found the fountain of youth and, and threw. It was, and he was stretching yeah. the field. All, all he was doing was just stretching the field, throwing deep, and, and that's all he needed, that's all he needed yeah. to do. So I don't know if the offense has found their mojo. Well, I guess we'll talk we'll talk about that later on. But um, I, I liked how when the Steelers were playing the Browns, they started stretching the field with uh, Mason – and then um, a lot of other players on their defense stepped up. You know, their players who want to get as many reps on their defense stepped up and um, really gave the Browns a tough game. 
like the Steelers were playing for nothing. The Browns were playing for everything. And to be honest, the Steelers were like, you know, maybe playing Cameron Hayward or playing TJ Watt away from just sending the Browns home. Forget even playing Ben because yeah. Rudolph played well enough to win that game. He did throw one bad interception, but other than that, he was it's the best game he's played as a pro. I would say for sure. Yeah. Oh, take your word for it. No, I didn't watch yeah, a lot he, of them last year. They were in weird, weird situation without Ben and where Fickner was just using Mason basically as just like a game manager when I thought they could be using him a bit more to stretch the field because that, that's what he was really good at in college. Like in Baker Mayfield's Heisman season, Mason Rudolph had more passing yards than him. And a lot of that was because he would throw deep and – in the NFL, they weren't really having him do oh, yeah. that. And in this game, it was, it was nice to see them using his best skill a lot more, which was basically just throwing throwing fade balls. So, oh yeah, really quick. Um, do you, from what you've seen from Rudolph, do you think he has a chance to be the Steelers starter once Ben retires? Or I am. What do you think on that? It's it's a little difficult to see because. He's definitely gotten better, and from hearing quotes with, from people, whether it be his teammates or people within the organization, they think really highly of him. They think really highly of his, <clears throat> of his preparation. They think highly of um, his character, etc. And he certainly has a really good arm, but there's certain other things, like his pocket awareness can be bad. Like, he took a bad sack at the end of the um, first half that almost knocked him out of field goal range. And he, he's not oh, yeah. very mobile at all in, in the leagues going in the direction of dual threat guys. And he has a sure. good arm, but he doesn't have a great arm necessarily in terms of velocity. Like <clears throat> someone like Matthew Stafford who could just zip it into a crazy pocket. He doesn't really have that. Yeah. However, he does have traits that I like. And I think that he's going to keep improving. So, I don't know what Big Ben intends to do. You know, I don't know if he intends to. He, uh, I know there's a Schefter report that he was going to play next year, and I want him to, to play for as long as he thinks that he can, you know, help the team and be a really good quarterback. But if, let's yeah. say, like Ben retires this off season, I th- I would say go after a veteran because this roster will still be good enough to compete. And I don't know if we can with For Rudolph. Sure. If I, I don't know if it, I don't want to say really waste the roster because I think he's pretty good. But I, I would say like not maximize what the roster could be with someone like Matthew Stafford or oh, etc. Yeah. But if Ben plays like till twenty twenty two, I would say I would like to see Rudolph maybe start for a year and see and see what he's got. Okay, yeah, that's uh, or, or yeah, I just wanted to see where you stood on that. And if Ben um, did retire this offseason and you were thought maybe go, to go with Mason, maybe sign Fitzmagic for cheap. And if kind of like the two oh, yeah. thing to where maybe if Mason struggles or if Mason's not it, have uh, <laughs> Fitzmagic come in and, and maybe uh, pull uh, what he was doing with Miami and maybe save us, or at least have him mentor yeah. Mason, but those are a couple 
a few scenarios that I would like to throw out there. Maybe a Kevin Colbert Steelers GM's listening to me. I don't know. I hope. <laughs> yeah, that would be fun to see. Um, moving on from that quick, I just wanted to hear one team from each conference that didn't make the playoffs this year that you think might. Next All right. Year. Well, um, I know what yours. I have actually four teams. Is it okay if I give them all? Well, it would be the Dolphins, sure. Cardinals, obviously the two teams who missed out, and then um, the Vikings and Chargers. So that, that would be the four teams I really foresee yeah. making it. I don't know what the Dolphins will do with Tua personally. I think they should keep him. I think they will too. I, I think Flores so. will definitely. And then um, Cardinals are obviously really talented. Vikings have a loads of talent. Um, I think they're going to get to Neil Hunter back, yeah. who's been an elite, like a very underrated elite pass rusher. And then, um, obviously, yeah. we already talked about the Chargers with Justin Herbert. So, um, yeah, that's really all I have to say. I think those teams can can you know get get back in the playoffs. And maybe there's always a team in the playoffs that usually like you wouldn't have suspected. I know you kind of called it early on the WFT. Yeah, but um, yeah, that yeah. aged a lot better yeah, than it, I thought it would. So there are probably there's going to be a team like that that kind of comes out of nowhere, like wow, and they're in the playoffs or they're winning their division or something like that. Like the Niners did the same thing to us, you know, a couple uh, a couple years ago in, in their Super Bowl run. So, so we we could yeah. be underlooking a team that could make the playoffs. That's that's a good thing about the league. Teams come out of nowhere. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I just want to make a quick note on the Vikings. Yeah, like they made the playoffs last year uh, in a couple with years different quarterbacks that, a lot of I the time too. Correctly. Like their uh, Minneapolis Miracle game, they were starting yeah. Case Keenum. Um, Before that, I think with Sam Bradford. Yeah. So they've been they've had talented rosters for yeah. for a little while. Yeah, so going into this year, they were feeling some of the effects of their uh, poor cap situation. Had to do a quick retool, and I think they were feeling that a lot this year, uh, especially with their young secondary. Um, but yeah, I think going into next year, there'll mm-hmm. be a lot more. Yeah, I'm excited. For success. I think Jefferson had one of the best seasons for a wide receiver. He had the best rookie season for a wide receiver, arguably ever. Certainly up there, and. I think he's yeah. going to probably be a top ten receiver come next year. Thielen is one of the best red zone targets in football. Like his, his route running and his hands are just yeah. impeccable. And uh, Dalvin Cook is, I would argue, is the second best back in football. Definitely top three back in football. He's he's incredible, sure, yeah. and it is a nice luxury when you could just give a back like him like thirty carries and he could dominate. Yeah, yeah. Any team would take a guy like that for sure. All right. So moving on from that, uh, I wanted to go over some quick notes for each uh, playoff game this weekend. I have them in order of uh, when they're airing to make things simple. So uh, first up, we have Buffalo hosting Indianapolis. Um, yeah. 
Well, for you anyone listening, I predicted you. every single game on my page. So um, just for the viewers, if you want to check out my page and check out my predictions, I went a bit in depth into most game, into all the games. So and my my score predictions are there. So if anyone want to check that out, but um, to talk about Buffalo and Indy. Um, I think this game will be close. Buffalo, in my opinion, is the hottest team in football. I, I'm sure you agree. Like I see the stat you have written yeah, here is sure. a six-game win streak, nine and one since week seven, and their only loss was on the Hale Murray. So yeah, Bills, Josh yeah. Allen, as I know we touched upon, you touched upon it earlier, it's MVP type season. Their offense, Diggs, Diggs. The Diggs Jefferson trades maybe the most fifty fifty trade you've ever, like I like win win trade I've like ever seen. Two basically, the Vikings yeah. got a, like a younger version of Diggs, and Diggs went to the Bills and helped Josh Allen turn into an MVP. So, so that that was incredible for sure. Um, yeah, not much else to touch on. I, I think the Colts are arguably the most balanced team in the AFC. I I would I would argue it. It's just. When when Rivers, when Rivers is on, yeah, you can make that, that team's really difficult because their defense is good, their offensive line is really good despite injuries, their run game is really good, and they have some decent receivers. Pittman, T.Y. Hilton, been inconsistent this year, but when he plays good, he he plays he plays good. So, uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if this game, this game is really close. I, I think I think it will be. I. I I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Colts somehow won, but I, I really think Buffalo is going to end up winning. For sure. But yeah, like I, I think this Colts team is really good. I really slept on them going into the season. There just weren't, uh, there wasn't much in the roster that really grabbed my attention. With his age. Um, yeah, I was really unsure about him for sure. Um, but yeah, looking at them now, they're a really good team, and it pains me that they have to play the it's, hottest. It's team weird to me that they're the going to be a first round out, most likely. Yeah, because they're just built so solid. Like they have arguably the best mm-hmm. offensive line in the league when healthy. Uh, I know Costanzo's been banged up. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know about Smith as well, their right tackle, but. Um. Yeah, they have a great run game. Rivers has been better than expected, and they have a top ten defense. But like I have here, uh, Allen's been really good against good defenses this year. Like if you look at what he, he did to Miami, Miami in both games, right? Uh, and what he did against they put up fifty six points. <laughs> yeah, God. Um, a lot of that no, was I, defense I, I and special teams. The game, but I was just but, seeing the score just constantly trickle upwards. On on the TV, I'm like, oh my god, yeah, must win game for Miami and get yeah. killed. Uh, and yeah, I think about half of that game was with really? the backups for Buffalo. So yeah, they're a scary team at this point. Um, yeah, so the Colts are really good. Bills are sucks better. to see, but Simple yeah. As that. Um, what was your score 24 Buffalo. Yeah, I could see something like that. Maybe a like little like lower like score. Like 24, but... like 17, something like that. Buffalo. 
Um, I haven't actually thought this through that much, but I don't know, maybe like 28, 21, something like that. Uh, I think Bills should be in control most of the game. Uh, yeah, and the Colts will. Yeah, I see keep like your little note here. Bills need to stop the run, force Rivers to throw. Yeah, that that's because Jonathan Taylor's been on the tear as well. And yeah, so two hundred fifty yeah. yards, week seventeen. Think about it. If Bills get a lead, they won't be running as much. I know it's simple game script. So because Rivers is yeah can, can be suspect, and you never know what he can do. But he he might be on and playing like a the potential Hall of Fame quarterback he is, or he could be playing like an old man. We kind of just have to see. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think that's Colts pretty much all we need to say on really that game. Season. Just uh, moving on. Yeah, for sure. And I think depending on what their quarterback situation is like next year, they should still be very yeah. competitive. So, yeah, props yeah. to them. Hopefully, mm-hmm. things I agree. work out for them. Um, yeah, let's see how that goes. All right, so next game, we got the Rams versus the Seahawks. Uh, personally, I think it's really awesome to totally see agree. divisional games like this in the playoffs, uh, especially two mm-hmm. teams that have been so good for so long. Um, they did split the season series, so – it's anyone's guess. Uh, the biggest storyline going into this one is the how healthy the Rams are. You know, Goff's dealing with his thumb injury. Cup missed the last game. Um, so I think depending on where they're at going into the playoffs, uh, I agree, will yeah. probably be the biggest factor in this one. Um, going into it, like I predicted, I took the Rams on. Well, that, that's an upset, right? It would be, I, I assume Seattle's favored. Um, for sure. Uh, I don't know what the spreads yeah, are right now. Just you the, keep going. I'll I took the Rams because they have obviously a very dynamic run game. They use a bunch of different backs, and they have a really dominant defense. And I feel like that is the formula to winning in the playoffs, traditionally and even today. Like the Niners last year, dynamic run game, physical upfront defense. Yeah, went to the Super Bowl. Could have been Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan. Kyle, Kyle Shanahan did it, but I'll go <laughs> keep going. So um, yeah, I just feel like like that formula is has been proven to win. And if Jared Goff and Cooper Cup are playing, because obviously Cooper Cup and Robert Woods are a uh, top tier wide receiver duo, and and I'm not really crazy about Goff that yeah, much. Yeah, for sure. However, um, I don't really get the people saying that they should start John Wolford, even if Jared Goff is healthy. Yeah, yeah I think Jared Goff, Goff, Goff's definitely the guy. If he all things go. considered, he has started in the Super Bowl. Yeah, he has the experience. He's been in this offense for how long now right? like three what, or four, three, yeah, four years? three or four years and he's produced what? at a decently high level he's just inconsistent sometimes and it's but um yeah yeah and um i feel like if this um rams defense can hold seattle down because seattle's had some games where their offense hasn't been potent 
like the Giants game. We we brought that up earlier. You know, they're well, yeah. how much did points do they score? Like sixteen. Was it six? I yeah, thought it was. They, they no, scored, it was a very they, they scored six game. points in that game. It might. It might have been. I, I don't remember. But um, nonetheless, it was. They didn't score many points, and um, I could here. see Aaron Donald and company getting after Russell Wilson, and um, yeah, I I think McVay is arguably the smartest coach in in the NFL. I know it it, it could have gotten annoying back when he first started, and everyone was like ooing and awing over him. But um, I I do think that he's one of the smartest. Yeah, I I yeah, lost some respect for McVeigh looking at what they did. He uh, he got Super completely Bowl, out the Patriots that year. Um, I, well, and what pained me the most watching that mm-hmm. game was they didn't he didn't change anything. Where you're on the brightest stage of your career, you're supposed to be this young offensive genius, and, and the team you faced up thirteen, so it was very like, winnable, very winnable. Game. And um, yeah, granted, for sure. I, I don't want to ignite this, but like, they shouldn't really have been there with the whole non-call, no call, and the pass interference in the Saints game. But granted, they did win the yeah. game in overtime. Yeah, <laughs> no use of getting into that. <laughs> so um, because that that's crazy. But that's <laughs> yeah, beyond the point. Yeah, you put. Seattle's defense has improved, um, which I, I very obvious that it would with Jamal Adams and Bobby Wagner on it, featuring arguably the two best players at their respective positions. And I, I know all the all the yeah, blood sure. boy jokes with Jamal Adams, but um, he, he does what he does. Everybody defensive well, back, and so. um, I know it's a little sidetracked. Do you think the Seattle should kind of just play Jamal Adams at linebacker at this point? Yeah. He's definitely best in the box. Um, so, yeah, that kind of hybrid role I think is the best fit. Uh, I don't know if it would be a full-time linebacker or what, but, yeah, definitely he's, <laughs> he's great as a box safety, probably the best. It's box just his coverage skills can be iffy. And yeah, that's just not, guys are, that's just not certain his guys are like that. But I mean, it is valuable, and you can have a defensive back literally get. Does he have like nine and a half sacks this season? That's insane. For that's most ever by a defensive nine back, and half, obviously. Yeah. And that's that kind of production out of a guy you also have doing all these other things is is really crazy. Yeah, yeah kind of like how he was used, used in uh, Greg Williams' defense on the Jets. Yeah. Yeah, there was a lot of talk about that um, when they first got traded, that he wasn't going to have as much fun yeah. as he did on the Jets' defense. But and Who knows, maybe when uh, Greg okay Williams called a cover zero in a Hail Mary situation, maybe Jamal Adams gets to Derek Carr. Like. <laughs> That it is perfect that Greg that Williams' ridiculous. career as a defensive coordinator. That might have been his last play, his last. Play. And it's 
Yeah, possibly. Yeah. It's perfect. going it's, out, it's, doing it's what he does. Like, it's perfect. That's how his last play call is. Trying to, uh, you're trying to sack a quarterback yeah. in a situation where you just play everybody deep and see what happens. But uh, obviously, he's not coaching in this game, so <laughs> carrying on him. Um, yeah, obviously, with golf, that he could be inconsistent at times. But I mean, if he can just play within the system and not make mistakes, and they can just get yards on the ground, which we've seen them do. I think that they'll be okay. Yeah, it'll be interesting for sure. Uh, looking now, the Seahawks were fifth in the league uh, total rushing yards allowed hmm. and fifth in yards per attempt as well. So they've been stout against the run. Um, yeah. They've given up a lot of passing yards, but a lot of that is volume. Like, they've allowed the most pass attempts and the second most yards. Um, but they're 15th in so net yards per attempt allowed. Deep, basically, that's what that stat suggests. So, so it makes, yeah, makes sense. Yeah. Play the run, not give up the big play. <clears throat> yeah, so it'll be an interesting matchup. Um, this season, first game they met. The Rams won twenty three to sixteen. The last game, the Seahawks won twenty to nine. So it'll probably be a squeaker either way. I think I'm favoring the Seahawks in this one, um, just because if Goff isn't a hundred percent, it's hand, hard for a quarterback too. to play through a thumb injury. Um, yeah, for sure. So yeah, I just kind of trust the Seahawks a little more in this one. Probably something like. 21 yeah, to 17, if, if somewhere Wolf in that range. doesn't play, then Seattle's got this one in the bag, most likely. No disrespect to John Wolford, but yeah, I, I'm going with the Rams, assuming golf and cup play. It's more so just because I just feel like McVay, you know, after that Super Bowl, I have some stuff to prove, and they have that formula that. I, I call it the Super Bowl formula of the run game and the defense. And I think that um personally yeah. I was I'm gonna make a post later on where I'm gonna talk about the two sleeper teams I foresee in either conference. And in the NFC I actually I think the Rams could be the biggest sleeper team with their defense and with their run game. I could see them going far. And like my AFC team would be the uh sleeper team would be the Steelers, but they're not in discussion right now. So just with the Rams, yeah, I could see them. I could see them going far. To summarize that, yeah, they're definitely very well built. I just trust Russell. If it comes down to Russell Wilson, oh yeah, hundred percent of the time, it just moment, depends on going to take Russell Wilson. Situationally, what can happen if if um, Rams can take take control of the game, etc. Yeah, for sure. Uh, moving on. This is a fun game to talk about. We have the Buccaneers going in to play the Washington football team. Um, personally, I look at this one and think, yeah, Washington seven and nine. The Bucks are eleven and five. Uh, but you look at what Washington. We talked about it earlier. So what respect. Washington went through to get to this point. 
um, with Ron Rivera's cancer and Alex Smith coming back from the leg injury, all the stuff this offseason with the name change and the ownership scandal, all that stuff. They moved through it. They won the division. Whether the division was strong or not, they still came out on top. Uh, so to go through all that and then for Bruce Arians to say, yeah, we wanted to play them in the playoffs – for such a strong character team like that, that oh, probably yeah. just doesn't – It's that, Bolton, that shouldn't sit right with them. Yeah, it's Baltimore like, material. No team Arians, wants to hear that. He, he should keep his mouth shut with stuff like that. There's no reason to, to talk. And I know sometimes he could say things to the media that he shouldn't. Just to – yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, so looking at that, um, so not only are they motivated, Washington has the number two total defense in the league this year, number two against the pass, and number four scoring. So, and uh, Tampa's struggled this year against the Rams good defenses. Too. Like you look at what they did against the Saints in both games. Um, All losses. Yeah, the Rams, the Bears, um, arguably their worst games against good defenses. So, and you look at that, Mike Evans isn't 100%. I think, I think I saw he's practicing today, but that would, if he's not a full go, that definitely takes away a lot from their offense. Um, so maybe it's just wishful thinking. I think Washington really can win this game. I totally agree. But I don't trust when I made their a offense. post on this, I touched on that, that, you know, I, I, you know, I gave a ton of credit for Washington for getting to this point. I, I credited their defense as well, but I, I just don't throw. I just don't think their offense has enough juice to counter what Tampa can do because Tampa's just so stacked. Yeah, for sure. Uh, no, they definitely have to play keep. And the yeah, not to are mention they number Tampa's one run defense? Great like, so defense in, in their own right. And it's just like. I believe so. Maybe this could be a game that's low scoring, and maybe Washington can pressure Brady. And we we know, you know, that the the how to beat Brady model, aka the Giants model in those two Super Bowls was, you know, pressure Brady. Isn't it typically play man or is it play zone? Yeah, play Uh, man. Definitely man. Do you want to plaster the receivers? Because he's, he's too smart. He's too experienced to play zone. You don't want to blitz too mm-hmm. much because he's seen it all. He knows what's coming. Um, so if you can get pressure with your front four, particularly in the middle, and just lock down the receivers, which I don't know if Washington has the talent in their secondary. Does anybody to really all does of anybody the weapons really have the talent? that the Buccaneers have? So it's like <laughs> exactly getting pressure without blitzing, um, which I think Washington can do. And hitting Brady a bit is, yeah, he, sure. he can be, I don't want to use the term rattled because he, he always has good composure, but he's definitely a different quarterback when you put him on put him on the turf. Anyone that is a different quarterback when you put them on the turf a bit. Like, like I, I know, um, yeah. like just seeing Chase Young coming for you, <laughs> I think anyone would be a little weary. 
Yeah, I think if Washington wants to win this game, they're going to have to make like big plays on defense, like potentially, mm-hmm. a, definitely takeaways, maybe even a score. Um, yeah, just to get that extra edge. I don't. My my heart wants to pick Washington in this one. My brain's not letting me. I'm sure it'll be something like twenty to fourteen or something like that. Um, it's an interesting game. Might not be the most exciting, but. Yeah, yeah I predicted the score being 31 it'll, it'll be cool to see where that goes. Uh, Tampa. I, I don't mean to disrespect Washington, but I yeah, just think fair. that a defense can only hold up for so long, especially when playing Brady. And I just think that if Brady – um, Yeah. You know, it's just like they, I could see them holding him down for a lot of the game, pressuring him, making him throw, you know, some errant passes – but then eventually they'll get a one big play to you know, Evans or Godwin or Antonio Brown or Gronk, and suddenly they'll just be able to score points. And yeah. I could see it being close a lot of the way and then Brady putting up like later touchdowns on a tired defense that has to do that has to try to make big plays and put their offense in good, in good positions to potentially score. And I just think the Washington defense will have to do too much. I think they'll wear it down. I, I think that's how Tampa will end up winning. Yeah, no, that definitely makes sense. There, There's a lot of weight on the Washington offense for sure. Uh, see if they can <laughs> hold up. Yeah, so moving on from that game, uh, first game of the Sunday slate, we have the Ravens taking on the Titans. <laughs> um, gotten very used to watching these two teams play. Uh, in the past calendar year. Um, the top two rushing teams in the NFL. Um, personally, going into this game, I just think the Ravens are too good of a team, too talented, too well-coached, too motivated I totally agree. to get beaten by this Titans team three times in a row. Yeah, you look at what um, I have my notes here. Since they met in week 11, the Ravens are 5-1 and one down that stretch. They've been playing the best football they have all season. Um, they're getting healthy. Biggest key to the game is they need to stop Derrick Henry. And I, that, that can be said for any Titans opponent, but especially in the playoffs in this scenario. Um, <laughs> yeah, you definitely got to take that Cause, away because that's what got them last yeah, year. Yeah, because I remember like last year it was just Henry – taking up all the carries and then Ryan Tannehill would, would gut them with some play actions and sort of game manager ish type play. Yeah. But it, it was effective and they, and they, they beat a super, super good Ravens team, 14 and two Lamar, one of the, you know, most dominant MVP seasons you can find. And they beat them on their home field, you know, back when there was fans back in those ancient yeah. times with fans. So um, yeah, I'm I'm pretty excited. Yeah, I think this sure. could be one of the best games in the playoffs. Like you said, the Ravens. Yeah, especially like, first round. If the it Ravens should be a really good one, or the I I think if the Bills are the hottest team in football, the the Ravens have to be the second hottest, right? Because their defense is getting guys yeah, back. They're very the close whole, on their heels. The COVID sure. mess with them and. And and Lamar's playing his best football since that since last season. 
Uh, J.K. Dobbins is a super, super talented back. Lamar's starting to use some of his receivers more. Yeah, he's coming like, out uh, Marquise Brown. He's, yeah, and I, yeah, I, he's just, got some nice I games that, stretch, um, for sure. I, yeah, like you said, I think that definitely Baltimore is going to be motivated. Um, Tennessee, I mean, Tennessee is amazing in their own right, but their defense is, is kind of suspect, especially against the pass, right? Yeah, for sure. So this will be a big game because the Titans do have some decent talent well, all over the defense, but especially up front. So this is one where Lamar will and really need to show – what he can um, do with his arm when I he saw you to. when you touched upon it in the notes. The first thing that came to mind was the Cleveland game from this year. When after he he after he came out from his uh yeah cramps, I guess you could put the air quotes cramps <laughs> since you don't really know what was <laughs> going on. But um, he came out on that fourth down and um took you know uh rolled out and threw to Marquise Brown go uh what was the go ahead touchdown. And he led that field goal drive. That was all with his arm, really. Yeah. Or he ran to set up a throw that we even make with his yeah. arm. So um we've seen Lamar do it. Yeah. He just he's in those playoff games where he's lost, he's just the team would get behind and they'd be knocked off their usual game script, which was, you know, just pound power football and then play of defense now is it's weird with Lamar having such a limited yeah, wide sure. receiver group to have to try to to come back from a deficit against a defense that knows he's going to have to throw. And if the Ravens can, yeah, yeah, looking at sorry, looking at uh, specifically at last year's playoff game against the Titans, um, Lamar ended up having to throw about sixty times. Which, looking back through all the stats I could find, Not even never had to do that. Just whole so, no. Yeah. Uh, I got some high school numbers, too. Like, that's insane. Um, and he did that. Mark Andrews was off and on, the, on and off the field uh, dealing with some injuries. Same with Brown. So, you already have limited weapons and then you take half of those away and say, okay, throw 60 passes. Especially when you're playing a good team. And the that's Titans not going to work for anybody. On fire coming into that game. And then, and then like, I, it's just, um, yeah, it's just, it's just tough for Lamar. And then, um, and he still, he still put up a ton of yardage despite that. Yeah, for sure. Like people say, you, you hear people talk about that game. You think he outrights stuff. Yeah, it's just, like the only bad thing was just it was the turnovers. So doing one pick, a little bit high of a throw, but like it could be a throw that Mark An- that Mark Andrews comes down with. And then another throw was just what was, I remember it was like a pick. Yeah, pick on the sideline. I think it was. It's kind of just a bad read. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's a young it, it just sucks he's have those, I, I'm obviously a, really, a giant Steelers fan, but I I do really respect Lamar. He seems like a like a really good guy, and he's obviously in, in an unreal talent. Like, 
definitely the best like mobile court running quarterback of all time already in my opinion and um the 0-2 in the playoff stuff it is, it yeah. is like a funny meme but like it, it doesn't it's not really telling the whole story and it doesn't mean that much for such a young quarterback like to go to lose your first yeah. two playoff games in your first two seasons yeah, like Peyton Manning lost his first two playoff games, and he would go like... on to obviously win a couple rings. Yeah, yeah, he so did you? Yeah, he, he, he did too, okay, right? Did so... Eli loses? Yeah, and yeah, yeah I, I really have no I, doubt with I the Ravens so. organization that even if the Ravens don't pull this one out against Tennessee in Tennessee. I think that he's going to have a lot of successful years and maybe do like what the, both the Manning brothers did, which was win, win some rings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and through this all, I really love his attitude because he's such a young player, but he's so humble. All he talks about, like even last year when he was pretty much a lock to win yeah, the MVP, trust. all he cared about was <laughs> moving forward in the playoffs. Yeah, he- one hundred percent. Yeah. So wrapping up that game, um, I really like the Titans. Love Derrick Henry. Love Ryan Tannehill. I just totally think agree. the Ravens yeah. are too good right now to get bullied by this team. Uh, so moving on, second game of the Sunday slate, we got the Bears taking on the Saints. I agree. Uh, sure, in my yeah. opinion, the Saints are probably the most complete team in the league. Um, Best defense they've had in years. They can get after the passer. They can shut down some receivers. And they're really good against the run, too. So, it's really funny because for so many years, they were just offense, offense, offense. And now their defense might be better than their Mm -hmm. offense just with how limited their passing game is right now. I don't want to rule out Drew Brees, but he's not what he used to be. Um. But, yeah, you look at what that defense is able to do. You got Michael Thomas coming back. Hopefully, Alvin Kamara is available. I hope I he can. Just still, he's, I don't he's know just if there's word player. on that yet. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but even without him, like, you um, – Ty Montgomery came out of nowhere. And, I mean, he's a name that's been floating around the league for a couple of years now. But he came off – the bottom of the receiver depth chart mm-hmm. and have like a hundred yards out of nowhere. So, so they should be all right in that regard. Um, like I said, the Saints are really good against the run. The Bears down the stretch did a really good job of getting uh, Montgomery involved in the run game. But if the Saints yeah. take that away, that leaves a ton of and, um, weight on the shoulders of Mitch Montgomery. But it is pretty impressive how Sean Payton can take players and just put them in amazing positions to succeed. Like uh, Taysom Hill, when he stepped in at quarterback and having to completely revitalize the offense in a very short amount of time. Yeah. And, um, I mean, that offense was still pretty dynamic with Taysom Hill. Um, and like, uh, yeah, that's a sure. sidetrack, but how do you feel about Taysom Hill? I think he's a solid player. I don't know if he'll be a franchise quarterback. He is like 30 <laughs> years old. Um, so his window isn't that big. 
Um, but I like how the Saints use him. I think it really keeps defenses on their toes because he can – obviously, he's a good runner, but he can sling it. Um, so, yeah, I like what he brings to the table. We'll have to see down the line where he is as a passer if he can be a full-time starter. I agree. But, and um, Yeah, for, for now, I like him, how they use him. He, he is a very physical runner. When you watch him, like he he lower shoulder, he he runs like a running back. I I kind of love it. He, yeah, he's he's an old school just watching player. him. Like, like even Lamar does it a bit too, just running, you know, as a quarterback and just lowering your shoulder and you know he does have a pretty nice arm. He's just yeah. extremely raw when watching him. I feel like there's some untapped stuff there in that offense. And um, yeah, like you said, it just sucks with his age. Because if he was like 24, 25, I, and he could – yeah, I think he could be, especially with the way the league's going oh, this guy would and be how creative Sean run. Payton is, that offense could be really, really deadly with him at that helm. But it just sucks because that father time might catch up to him before he could ever yeah. unlock what his abilities are. But um, but credit to him for finding a role in the league after I think he like tore his ACL in college. So, whatever's in store for him, credit to him for what he's yeah. done. And personally, I think that Breeze is probably done after this season. So maybe he gets to start. I don't know, but the I think that's the expectation. I don't know who the Saints can sign because they're in a horrendous cap situation currently. Yeah, um, yeah. We'll have to see how that goes this off season. Mm-hmm. Uh, a good GM can work around it, restructure yeah, some contracts. Um, sorry see for what sidetracking happens, but... it, but uh, yeah. In this game, I I, I predicted it being it's probably the biggest spread that I or biggest spread that I had. Right? I think I had it. Um, I forgot. I think it was like thirty-one seventeen Saints. I, I think yeah, I, I can go with that. Score, something it, something like sure. that. All right, I think twenty. I think it might have been twenty-seven, seventeen. But yeah, something like that. Um, credit to the Bears for rebounding their yeah. season after that. Um, they had like a six-game losing streak. And um, yeah, started out good. Yeah, you weren't so good for a yeah, while. Yeah, I know it's kind of laughable. Like, oh, you're yeah, trying to a team so... and lost six straight. I mean, you could lose six straight. I mean, you could easily lose seven or eight straight. So, putting it back on the course and winning what was a pretty tight NFC yeah. wild card race and getting in. And yeah, they're probably going to go out, rather you know, early against the Saints. Credit to them, but um, they have a bit of questions going forward. With Trubisky, do you, do you think he's a starter going forward for the Bears? I'll have to look into it. Um, if I were them, I'd pick him up for another year um, mm-hmm. just to see if he can keep what he has going, going, uh, going this next season, but because they're not in great position right now to mm-hmm. um, to address the quarterback situation. 
Like they don't have a really high draft pick. Um, I don't know what the free agent market looks like yeah. this year. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it's as rich yeah, as it was I last mean, season. So Trubisky is weird because I feel like he has stretches like this where he plays really, really solid and the Bears are good. But then he has stretches where he's just really off and the Bears are struggling. Yeah, for sure. And the, the um, Bears certainly want to see that. With, Hopefully, you can string you know, something the fact together. they they you know moved up to get him, and then the whole stigma. Oh yeah, you you, you passed on Patrick Mahomes, generational talent, all this and yeah, yeah. Like I remember really liking well, who Mahomes saw that draft. Right? I liked his the arm talent. I'm like you can't you can't teach that. But I never thought he was gonna be the. I really yeah. look at him like down the line. He he might be the greatest football player ever, greatest quarterback ever. But that's kind of that. I mean, he's he's almost he's probably going to get a second Super Bowl this year. But that's be, that's beyond the point. Then you have Watson, who we touched upon earlier, and you know passing on those guys and drafting Mitch. You know, it's it's obviously a pretty. Um, I, I don't mean to be mean, but like laughable situation. And I hope Mitch can put it together. He seems like he's a, a good guy and he seems like he's really trying to put it together. So I guess we'll see. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, only time will tell. Uh, so yeah, not much to much talk about there, really. The world is super big, good, but. I think that they I mean Green Bay is tough in Lambeau, but um I do think the Saints can give them a run for their money. It's just tough as a dome team having to go into the frozen tundra. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, we'll see how that plays out down the line. But uh moving into the last game of this wild card <laughs> weekend. We got the Browns going back to play the Steelers. Um, yeah, coming off the close one to cap off week seventeen. Um, uh, yeah, uh, what do you think Steelers, about this game? Big Steelers fan, obviously, I'm excited because the first time they're in the, they're in the playoffs for the last couple of years. Um, but um, I can't help but feel really bad for Cleveland because, you know, yeah, um. Uh, two thousand. Yeah. They haven't been this first time in the playoffs since two thousand two, and you know they have a despite all the horrendous years they've had, they still have one of the most loyal fan bases you can find. You know, a dog pound, all that, and to think that they finally get there, and yeah, yeah, you can make fun of them, whatever, but they finally get there, and then their coach that probably should win coach of the year gets COVID, and then. Their starting guard, who's a multiple-time Pro Bowler, gets COVID. Ronnie Harrison's yeah. on the COVID list. Um, Olivier Vernon gets hurt. I, Donovan Peoples-Jones, who's what like their third receiver, who's really March this season as yeah. a solid option, I think might have a concussion. I think he, he was out of the game with a concussion when they played. So I, I feel bad. However, if there's one thing oh, yeah. that I can tell a lot of non-Steeler fans about the Steelers is that whenever the Steelers are playing the team that you think that they'll roll, odds are they won't. And, and odds are 
it'll be a come down to the wire. Minka Fitzpatrick <laughs> has to make a clutch pass break up to win the game. So, like, despite all the Browns' losses, despite the fact that the Steelers clobbered them in their first matchup and almost beat them with Mason Rudolph, I still think this is going to go down like a one-score game. Yeah, I think it should be close. Yeah, and um, I just think you know, like we touched upon the with the Rams right and Seahawks, that's an NFC West game. This is an AFC North game. An AFC North playoff games, which typically take place between the Steelers and the Ravens, are super, super high intensity, big stakes. They're always, you know, fun. And I think this will be. I think this will be a, a fun game. You yeah, know, a lot of stars out there, and I think, and I hope as a fan, the Steelers' offense is putting it together. That you know, Ben's back in his groove. And their defense, which despite losing Bud Dupree, Devin Bush earlier in the season, ironically when they played the Browns, are looking, you know, the defense is looking a bit better. (laughs) They've had some guys fill in that are coming back, like uh, Robert Spillane um, is coming back. Joe Hayden won't be playing in this game, the former Brown, because he's covid but uh, wishing him the best, and uh, I hope if they're able to move on, True. he could play against seemingly Buffalo because he didn't play against Buffalo. And obviously, when watching that game, Diggs had, you know, Diggs, you know, had an insane game. So if they want to, the Steelers ever want any chance of potentially beating yeah. Buffalo if they indeed beat Cleveland, which I think is a big F. People would probably disagree with that, but yeah, I can never take the Steelers to win a. You know, never pick them to win a game. They seemingly will win. So, I don't know. I, I think this will be a fun game. I think people will, like, <laughs> you know, scoff at it, especially if the Browns have any more losses. But this this will be probably close. I'd be surprised if it wasn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it should be a bit of a grinder. Um, I just don't. Yeah, there's just a lot up in the air with the Browns with the coaching situation. Um, like your Stefanski brings them this far, and then <laughs> he's unavailable Babe, this game. The fan of the opposing uh, so it really team, really sucks. Just to like, see. but yeah, it, it yeah. just sucks to see because Stefanski really turned around that entire franchise. Because you could talk about, oh yeah, they have a bunch of talent, but like, yeah, they went six and ten last year, and like. You know, he basically treated Baker Mayfield like Kirk Cousins, you know. You know, feed yeah. the running backs, do play action bootlegs to the left and throw the <laughs> open receivers. And um, I'm not really crazy, you know, thinking about this yeah. as like an analyst crazy about Baker, but like he has played well in that offense. He... For sure. And I, I figured he would, like – Looking back before the season, I was really high on this Browns offense. I knew um, it does mirror- Kevin Stefanski would use the personnel there very well. Um, just taking the ball out of Baker's hands, working with one of the mm-hmm. probably the best running back duo in the league with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Um, so, yeah, yeah very similar setup there as the Vikings this weekend. Um, Dominant backs. Two good receivers, two great receivers. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, what well, for sure. Um, yeah, no, it was definitely good for Baker to kind of take that step back in the offense, not have to carry the whole weight by himself. Yeah. Um, to kind of yeah, play that. Uh, play off of guys. Yeah. Kind of a point guard role. Um, yeah, yeah, there's not. I feel like we kind of run and dry mostly. on thoughts for this um, game now, but should be exciting. A lot of these games should be exciting. Yeah, it should still be a good game. Uh, I just think the Browns might be a little too. There, yeah, there's a lot on Baker because if the Steelers are able to take away the Browns' run game, which with that talented defensive front and the Browns missing arguably their best offensive mm-hmm. lineman, I know they have a few good ones now, which they haven't for a few years. But that's definitely a big loss for them. Um, yeah. And they're really limited at receiver two still. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see how they get through that. Ever um, since that Sunday what's game, your when the first, you know, when the Browns went one and it was announced they would play each other, for every reason, 28 24 has been in my head since that day. And when I did my prediction on my post, I put 28 24, and I still stand by 28 24 Steelers. That's, that's what I think. Yeah, I could see that too. Uh, I don't think it'll deviate too far from that. I think it should be close. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, a bit of a grinded out game. Of all these two games, which are you more most excited opponents. for? I agree. Ravens Titans. That is Seattle a good question. Rams, Probably the Ravens and the Titans. Anticipated. Um, Yeah, I think I think Rams Seahawks should be, Me should too. be a good game. <laughs> yeah. But I'm an offensive guy. Um and I think those those teams, especially in the playoffs, mm-hmm. uh should be kind of slow, like I said, grinded out, um, methodical game, which is still yeah. interesting to watch <laughs> in its own right, but uh Ravens and Titans should have some fireworks, so it's, it's really exciting because I, I'm working an eight-hour shift Saturday and Sunday this week, but I should be able to watch That's that good. game and the uh, yeah I should be able to watch the uh, early yeah. games both days. So yeah, feel good about that. Um, yeah, yeah. Good, good to know I can catch some. Of I would them. say Buffalo Indy, but I I feel like I I feel like Rams Seattle and Baltimore Tennessee has more upset potential where like I don't really see Indianapolis being able to upset Buffalo despite how good Indianapolis is. Yeah, it's weird to think about that because the Colts, like it's I said, the Colts are fire. really good, but the Bills are just that little bit better right now that I don't think it should be. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, I think that just about wraps yeah, up the show for today. Just just about an hour over. But, Definitely uh, went a little longer than I thought it would, but yeah, going in for the first 
time, I didn't really know what to expect. Yeah. So, um, maybe next time I mean, we'll manage your time we a little still, better. We still talked about a ton. Um, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we covered a lot. Um, so, yeah, looking at the next show, let's try to get this to uh, – yeah. Oh, uh, maybe ten listeners. Yeah, we can, and we'll we'll think about it next. Yeah, time. we can advertise on both um, of our pages. Set and, the bar pretty and, low, uh, and hope you, you, have the a, best. you have a pretty pretty solid following. You'd say, and my mine's. I've been a little inconsistent with posting, yeah. but I feel like it's um getting a bit up, you know, getting a bit up there. Yeah, I think I had about 30 people vote that One they, of them when me. I did a poll <laughs> on my story. I think I had about oh, yeah. 30 people vote that they would listen to a podcast. So, <laughs> well, that's something. All right. Oh, of course. Um, it was awesome. Yeah, so that should wrap it up for this week. Uh, Ryan, thanks for joining me. Yeah. This was great. Um, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll see you back next time. All right. Uh, yeah. Thanks everyone yeah. for listening. Um, Give me all. Awesome. Here's to a good weekend of football.